everyone. Welcome to the Hoboken Grace Podcast. We hope today's message inspires you on your walk with God and supports you in a weekly rhythm of connecting with Him. We want to help you in that, so every message from every week is available live and on demand on our app or at HobokenGrace.com. Thank you for choosing to spend time with us, and we'll see you next week. Well, Merry Christmas and welcome. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Chris. I'm the lead pastor here at Hoboken Grace. And as we come together tonight, we do. We have so much to celebrate as we look back over this past year and all the different ways that we've experienced God with us. And for the past couple of weeks, as we've been moving through this series, An Awkward Family Christmas, we've, we've been moving through the book of Matthew, but at, as we come together tonight, I want to take us back to the most famous account of Christmas, to take us back to Luke 2, and, and just for us to read through this again together as we do each year. It says this, it says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. As we come together tonight, we celebrate that moment. We remember that moment. And as I said, as we've been moving through this series, we've seen some pretty amazing things about our Father, this Father who comes for us, who sent His Son for us on that Christmas morning. We've seen this truth that He says, no, you can find your identity in me rather than finding it in your earthly family. You can find it in me as as I adopt you into my family, we've seen how he's, he said, no, I want for you to find your value and your belonging that, that you crave in family. I want you to find that in me, and you can find that here. We've seen how he 
establishes the reality of forgiveness. For us to be able to say, as we say every week, it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done, that he's pursuing you. And then last week we looked at this truth that he, he says, no, you can trust me with your honor and what you deserve so that you can love the way that I've loved you. We've seen these amazing things about our Father, but, but there's, there's something else that, that Matthew shares with us as he's sharing his experience of his time with Jesus. He, he says this, he actually quotes uh, a prophecy and he says this in Matthew chapter 1, he says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be a child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. We, we, read, uh, we read this, or we sang about this just a bit ago, this idea of Emmanuel, which means God with us. We've We've learned all of these things about our Father and what our Father wants for us to experience in Him. And, and then God steps into our life and He says, and I want you to know something. I want, I want to be with you. The whole mission of Christmas is that I want to be with you. Not just that you have this dad, but that this dad wants to be with you. One of the things that I always enjoy is as I'm coming home from Christmas Eve after visiting my family each year, I drive into Hoboken and it's empty. Many of you are here for a couple more hours and then you'll be heading somewhere else. Maybe tomorrow morning you'll head somewhere else and me and three other people will be in Hoboken tomorrow. <laughs> It's amazing, I just drive and park for the fun of it. <laughs> but there's something about Christmas you want to be with those that you love, those that love you. And in a way, it's such a perfect picture of Christmas because, well, that was what it was all about. Your Father wanted to be with you. The whole mission of Christmas is to be with you. And not, not just for a moment, not just that Jesus was born and he's with us and he's here in person. No, it's far more significant than that because it wasn't just about him being born. It was about what he was going to do on that cross. And from the moment he was born, there was one mission, and it was to get to the cross. so that he could be with you. Romans says it this way, and I want to go to this because some of you don't know this. and You've never been told this, which is a tragedy. It says this, he says, but now a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known. He says, but now you have to understand, because of the mission of Jesus and and what Jesus has done on that cross, he says there's a way to be made right with God. And it's apart from the law. It's apart from what you do or you being good enough or you, you earning your way into God's presence or you being worthy of God's presence. He says, no, no, there's, a new, there's now a, new, a righteousness, a, a rightness with God has been made known that's apart from the law. The prophets talked about this previously. He said this righteousness comes from God through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and all fall short of the glory 
of God. All of us have, have separated ourselves from Him. All of us have things that have come between us and the Father who so longed to be with us and, and to adopt us. He said, but now there's a way to be made right. Not that you're good enough. But that you trust the reality of forgiveness that Jesus made possible. When He gave His life on that cross... This is all fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He, he presented him as the foundation. He presented him as the payment for forgiveness. So that you could be at peace with him. This, this is the peace that the angels are talking about. Sometimes people will ask me, well, the angels talk about peace, but I don't. I don't see peace. He's not saying, no, he's not saying this is going to bring peace between men. He says, no, this is going to bring peace between me and men. But let me ask you something tonight. Are you at peace with God? Can I share something with you? If, if you are not, it is not because of him. That's not coming from him. The peace made possible for Christmas is, is a, it's available for everyone. This righteousness is not because of the fact that you, you've earned it. He says, no, it's, it's made available to all of us who've fallen short so that you can be at peace with him. Are you at peace with him? He's gone to... Incredible lengths, extravagant lengths to make it possible. And as we've said through this whole series, God doesn't force anyone to be adopted into his family. He's not going to force you to. But make no mistake about it. If there is not peace in your soul between you and him, it's not coming from him. And he wants you to know that peace. Because he wants to be with you. Even when Jesus leaves his disciples, he says, this is, this is what it's all about, guys. This is what I've made possible. And I know you think that this whole thing was about me being here, he says, but it's actually about something much bigger than that. It's not about me being with you. That's not really what the mission has been about from the beginning. It's, it's about something bigger than that. He says it in John 14. He says, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. And then he says this again, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. In other words, I don't give and take back. He says, no, no, I'm, I'm giving this to you. I'm giving to you peace and not just that. I'm giving to you the reality that the Spirit of the Father will be with you always. Always. You see, the most, one of the most amazing things that Jesus does is he makes it possible for the Father to be with you always. For the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Father to be with you always. And many of us, we, we know this intellectually. Many of you have I've trusted Jesus that, no, I'm going to give my life to him. I'm, I'm going to trust him with this. But the busyness of life and 
Well, oftentimes it, it robs us of that awareness that he's with us, that he wants to be with you. All these amazing things that we've talked about him that he wants to bring into your life. It's not just that he wants to bring them to you from a distance. It's not just that he wants to send them to you. No, he wants for you to experience them in him. His presence in your life. It's interesting, you move through Christmas and sometimes Christmas can be wonderful. Sometimes Sometimes Christmas can be an incredible experience, but sometimes Christmas can be frustrating. Sometimes Christmas can be disappointing. And for a moment, I want to talk to you, those of you who are here, and you move through Christmas and you want to be loved. You long to be loved, and you walked in tonight, and you don't feel that loved. I want you to know that you're loved far more than you could possibly imagine. The God of heaven and earth doesn't just want to be a, your God. He wants to be your dad. And he's moved heaven and earth. And he's sacrificed that which was most valuable to him. So that you would know beyond a shadow of a doubt. There should be no doubt. When you look at what he's done... That you are loved. And I think at Christmas we want to be wanted. We want for people to want to be with us. But some of you are here tonight and you don't feel wanted. You couldn't be wanted more. You couldn't be wanted more. What more could he do? To show how much he wanted you. And then even, even in that, for some of you, you're here and you do feel loved and you feel, you feel wanted. But I hope, I hope that you know and, and and I hope that you'll experience, as, as we move through this, I hope that you'll experience that, that you're wanted even more than you think. You're loved even more than you could imagine. And your father has gone through all of this. He's, he's worked through and moved heaven and earth for you to know that tonight. But I don't, I don't want you to just know that. I want for you to experience it. I don't want you to just know that he wants to be with you. I want you to experience him with you. And I believe he wants for you to experience that. 
for you to really know that this is true about you. There's this, this thing that I do with my boys. I've, I've done it for basically their entire lives where oftentimes before bed, I'll, I'll ask them this question. I'll say, how does your dad love you? And I've taught them since they were young and could barely speak to respond always and forever, no matter what. How does, how does your dad love you always and forever, no matter what? I, I didn't actually teach them that so that they would believe that about me. I do want them to believe that about me. But the reality is, and we've talked through this whole series about this, family is just an illustration. Our earthly families are just a broken illustration. Me as their father, I'm just a broken illustration of the father that God wants them to find. All of it's just pointing to him. All of it's just saying, you were created for this. You can't really find it here, but it should point you to where you can. And, and as we come together tonight, as you, as you look at this moment where, where God says, no, 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 I'm, I'm not going to leave them behind. No, I, I, I'm not going to keep my distance from them. I want to be with them. Where he not only steps into our story, but he gives his life on that cross because he says, no, I want, I want to be with them. Where he forgives us of all of our brokenness because he says, I want, I want to be with them. I want you to know that your Father loves you always and forever no matter what. Jesus' death on the cross made, made this possible always and forever no matter what. So let me ask you, how does your dad love you? Will you say it with me? Always and forever, no matter what. How does your father, who gave everything for you who are an orphan to be adopted into his family, how does he love you? How does your father who gave his very son for you, love you, always and forever, no matter what. Would you bow your heads with me? I want to invite you right now to go to him. Faith is, not when you, faith is not when you feel like something true is true. Faith is when you act like something is true, even when you don't. Some of you right now are struggling to believe that he loves you always and forever, no matter what. Struggling to believe that the payment of Jesus was enough to make that possible. Struggling to believe that, that he could feel that way about you. I want to invite you now to go in faith and accept that gift. To go to him right now. And say, Dad, 
I want to thank you that you want to be with me, that you love me always and forever, no matter what. Right now, just have that conversation with him. Thank him for that. But that's not, that's not the end of the journey. It's one thing to know that your father loves you that way. It's another thing. It's one thing to see your father throw open his arms for you in that way, to say, this is how I love you. This is what I've done for you. This is... But my favorite part as a child, as a, as a father, is, is not just when I say that to my kids, but, but when in return they throw open their arms and say, Dad, I love you the same way too. I want to invite you now to go to him and say, Dad, I love you too. Dad, I love you too. Now this is an interesting thing because I've been practicing this for the past couple of months and I've just tried to make a commitment that I wouldn't go a single day without telling him that I love him. And it's interesting because there are certain days where I'm like, I didn't love him very well today with what I did. And some of you are struggling with that right now. You're like, I don't really know how well I've, I've loved him. But I've experienced this as a father too. My kids are not very good at loving me. Uh, they, they fail pretty frequently, like every day, multiple times. And <laughs> but you know what's never happened? They've never come to me and thrown their arms out and said, Dad, I love you. And I said, well, you screwed up too much for that today. Not one time. Jesus once says this. He says, he says if, you, if you who are evil know how to treat your kids, what, don't, what do you think about your heavenly father? He knows you haven't gotten it perfect. That's why Jesus gave his life. But he still wants for you to come and to say, I love you too. I trust you that you love me always and forever. And dad, I love you too. I love you too. I haven't always gotten it right. I, I know but you gave your son for that, and I love you too. That's family. That's what he came for on Christmas. He wanted that relationship with you. Will you bow your head now? Father, we trust you that because of Jesus and the payment that was made on that cross, that we have made right, been made right with you, that we are at peace with you, not so that we could experience peace from a distance, but so that we could experience 
the reality that you want to be with us. We don't want to just know that you love us. We want to let you know that we love you too. I pray, I pray that tonight for everyone in this space, everyone watching online, that they would, that they would experience the reality that you love them always and forever. But I also pray that you would know and experience that we love you too. In Jesus' name.